Hey, this is Rodney Gage. I'm the pastor of Rethink Life Church in Orlando, Florida, and this is our podcast. Thank you so much for checking it out today. I hope it encourages and inspires you to live with a new perspective, make better choices, and have a greater impact with your life. Here's today's message. Pastor Rodney and I were on a date night a couple of months ago, and we were in the Millennium Mall area, and we we had a fabulous Tex-Mex meal because we are from Texas, and we love Tex-Mex. Anybody else? There's not a lot of great Tex-Mex in Orlando, but we found a couple of them. If you need to know, come talk to us. We We know where they're at. We've scouted them out. But we had our meal, and we're leaving to go home. It's dark, and we're at the stoplight at the intersection, getting ready to turn to get back on I-4 to come back home. And we're stopped there. And all of a sudden, I hear somebody knocking on my window. I'm like, oh my gosh, what in the world is going on? And it was the man in the car next to us. And so it's dark. I'm like, what What in the world? And so I look out and here's this beautiful Lamborghini sitting next to us. And this man is knocking on my window. And I've kind of pulled the window down just a little bit. Yes, you know what's going on? And he could not get his car moving. It had stopped there at the light and he could not get the Lamborghini going. I'm like, oh my goodness, you know, big problems that we have here in the world. And uh, he's like, can you help me? Can you help me push the car? He had an accent. I won't even try. But uh, so he's asking Rodney if he could help push the car out of the way so everyone would stop being angry that his car is just sitting there. And so Rodney gets out. I move over to the driver's seat and they're out there trying to push the Lamborghini. It would not go. It would not budge at all because it was out of gas and it has this automatic lock I guess I don't really know all the details but it will not move it will not steer you cannot push it out of the way you have to get gas into the tank can you imagine such a valuable car uh, such a capable car you can't even push it without gas well you know what that's what gratitude is like in our life it's the fuel of our life and if we can't get that fuel in our heart in our life we might be the most capable we are valuable people we're child uh, daughter and sons of the king of kings the lord of lords but sometimes we can't get moving in our life because we're lacking something that's very important and that is the fuel of gratitude in our hearts and in our lives. Uh, just to wrap up the story, we, we drove him around to several different ga- gas stations and tried to find him gas. There was no gas available because it was right after the hurricane. Crazy, crazy story. Poor guy. We had to leave him in the intersection while he waited for someone to come help him. But gratitude fuels our lives. Scripture and scientific studies show that there are great benefits to being grateful. Did you know this? There's health benefits to being grateful. Gratitude improves your brain and physical health. Gratitude creates happiness in our life. Gratitude helps you to sleep better. Anybody need that? 
Gratitude can help us sleep better. Gratitude is the antidote for toxic emotions. If we're grateful in our heart and mind, we can't be thinking toxic thoughts if we're thinking grateful thoughts, right? It's so important. Gratitude improves our relationships. Would you agree? It improves our relationships. Gratitude opens the door to people and opportunities. So important. It is so true. Gratitude is the evidence of spiritual maturity in our lives. Colossians 2, 7 says, And gratitude pleases God and brings his blessings onto our life. I want that. I need that. I want the blessing of God on my life. And he says, if we're grateful, it brings his blessing onto our lives. Our lives fueled by gratitude can get us in motion in our life, producing like an unstoppable momentum in our life to make a difference, to be fueled by the spirit of God, to make a spiritual difference in our life and in our world. You know, life is not a chance but it is a choice. We have a choice to make every single day of our life. It's not a chance, it is a choice. And maybe we're like in a standstill right now in our life and you cannot steer that parked car. You need to get some momentum going in your life with gratitude. Well, that's what we're gonna be talking about today. We're gonna be in the book of 2 Thessalonians chapter five. And Paul, the apostle wrote uh, the, the book of Thessalonians, 1 Thessalonians and 2 Thessalonians. It's really kind of interesting. They're letters to a church that he started in Thessalonica. They're actually four letters and they believe this is letter two and four. So we don't even get to read letters one and three, but these two we get to read. And this comes from 2 Thessalonians. He had just started the church and then he got ran out of town by the Jews. He, they, they ran him out of town, but he got to plant this church in Thessalonica. So he's sending them letters to encourage them and to remind them of the basic things that are just so important. How how many of you, like me, just need to be reminded of the basics sometimes? Sometimes it's just the simple things that we, we look over. Well, this is what this is. These are the basic, simple reminders of what gets us fueled spiritually in our life. In fact, the scripture after this says, don't let the fire of the Holy Spirit go out in your life. So these are the three things that we can do. He's making three statements here in first, excuse me, first Thessalonians, first Thessalonians 5, 16 through 18. He's teaching us the fundamentals. He says, always be joyful. Never stop praying and be thankful in all circumstances for this is God's will for you who belong to Jesus. This is how we fuel our lives by these three simple statements that Paul made. And the first one that we're going to talk about, that first statement and I'm going to talk to, to you in a way, talk to you in a way that we're, we are getting our life in motion, right? Remembering that car that was stuck. We're getting our life in motion. And the first one that I want you to remember, it's going to be super simple to remember, okay? Write these three things down. And we're going to take them with us this week during Thanksgiving because we might be challenged to have to make a choice to be grateful, right? 
Anybody with me? We're going to be with family. We're going to be packed in that house. Okay, just remember these three things. The first one is to jumpstart with joy. Jumpstart your day with joy. God is a musical God. Did you know that? God is a musical God. We are created in his image. We are musical people. Whether you want to think you are or not, you are because you're created in his image. He wants to hear our voice. That is why at the beginning of every service, we start with worship. And we stand and we sing instead of stand and stare, right? Because our God wants to hear our voice. He created you. It would be prideful of us to say, you know what, I I can't sing. I I don't want to sing. That's okay. He says, make a joyful noise unto the Lord, all the earth, right? So he wants us to sing and he wants us to worship him with all that we have. He loves it. In fact, it's one of his love languages. Have you ever heard of love languages? It's one of his love languages for us to sing and to worship God. Psalm 102 through 4 says, Worship the Lord with gladness. Come before him singing with joy. Acknowledge that the Lord, he is God. He has made us. We are his. Go and enter his gates with thanksgiving. Go into his courts with praise. Give thanks to him and praise his name. The Bible says that thank you is the password in which we go into the courts of the Lord. And we praise his name with joy. God loves our voice. He loves our joy. And it shifts the atmosphere of our heart when we jumpstart our day with joy, right? I, something simple that I do is I just wake up and I say, thank you, Lord. This is the day the Lord has made. I will rejoice and be glad in it. Before I ever get out of bed, I will rejoice and be glad in it because I know something's probably coming that's going to get me off my joy. But I need to remind myself to jumpstart my day with joy. I have breath in my lungs. I have a heartbeat right now. You can feel, you have a heartbeat? You guys got a heartbeat out there? I'm just making sure. You got a reason to be joyful this morning. You've got a reason to have joy. We ran into a friend at uh, Sam's yesterday. She was sitting down on a couch, right, as we were checking out and leaving. And we said, hey, Barb. In fact, she's one of our founding members of Rethink Life Church 22 years ago. She is amazing amazing lady. Barb was sitting on the couch and we, we walked up to her, Barb, are you okay? Is everything okay? She said, you know what? It's been a tough year. I've been sick this year. It's been really tough, but you know what? I was driving down, down the road yesterday and I was just thanking God because I'm still alive and I'm driving down the road and I have so much to be thankful for. That's the kind of joy that God is looking for in our hearts. It's a grateful, joyful spirit in our life. Um, as some of you may have heard me tell this story before, it's in our Rethink Life book. When I was growing up, my dad taught us scriptures and he taught us songs and one of the songs that he taught us is this is the day the lord has made i will rejoice and be glad in it have you have you ever heard that song this is the day this is the day that the lord has made anybody heard it you can tell it's a little older song but uh, 
we, he would make us sing that song every morning. So there are four girls in my family. I'm the oldest of the four girls. And you know what it's like waking up four women in the morning to get up and go to school early in the morning. It's dark outside, our hair is everywhere. And he's saying, girls, it's time to sing. It's time to sing. This is the day the Lord has made. And he had some different ones that we would sing. It was so funny as I look back on it. It wasn't so funny then. But as I look back on it, it was hilarious. And so one day we were riding in my dad's new Honda Accord, which has three seats in the back, two in the front. There are six of us in the family. We're all in the Honda Accord, okay? So this was before car seats. So my baby sister, who is 11 years younger than me, was sitting on my mom's lap in the front seat, and the three girls were sitting in the back seat. I was, we were headed to the airport to take dad to uh, something he was speaking at, and I was putting on my makeup in the back. And all of a sudden, my sister, I, I spilt some of my makeup. My sister yells and says, Dad, Dad, Michelle spilled her makeup. And he said, Kim, just, just be still, just, just calm down. It's okay. I'll take care of it when I get home. It's okay. I'll just, I'll take care of it when I get home. But she said, dad, dad, seriously, Michelle spilled her makeup. And he said, Kim, I said, I'll take care of it when I get home. It's okay. And, and just brush it off into the, the floorboard and I'll clean it up with a vacuum when I get home. And she said, but dad, no, it, it's liquid makeup, dad, all over your velour, your brand new velour seats. And my dad, he was hot. He was hot. He pulled off to the side of the road. He slammed on the brakes. He got out of the car and he looked at me and he said, Michelle, I cannot believe you have done this. You just sit in that makeup right now and we're just going to make sure that we get it cleaned up when we get home. And he got back in the car, slammed the door, and we were speeding off to the airport. He was ticked at me. And you know what my sister did? In that silent moment, you know, about 15 seconds of silence where the steam is coming off my dad's head, she said, Dad, and he said, Kim, be quiet. I I can't, I don't want to talk right now. She, She said, Dad, 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 and he said, Kim, I said, be quiet. And she said, but Dad, I just have one question for you. Don't you know any happy songs? So, yes, she got him back. She got him back because he would always make us sing those happy songs, whether we were happy or not. And that's what God wants from us. He wants us to jumpstart our day with joy, carry that joy with us, whether we're happy or not. Sometimes things go wrong, but we have the choice. It's not a chance, it's a choice that we make every day to rejoice and have joy in our hearts. You know, it's not joy that makes us grateful, it is a gratitude that makes us joyful. It's gratitude in our heart that makes us joyful. So not only do we need to jumpstart with joy, the second choice we need to make is to push forward with prayer. Push forward with prayer in our life. Sometimes we don't feel like pushing. Sometimes we just don't feel like doing it. You know, I don't know how many of you have had a baby. I know some people back here have had some babies. Sometimes you don't feel like pushing, but you got to push. If the miracle's going to come, sometimes we got to push and pray. 
You with me? Sometimes it won't come until we push and pray in our life. We got to push forward with prayer in our life. We got our friends right here on the front row. They're, they're a miracle in motion. They're pushing and forward in prayer. Uh, Steve and Melanie Miller, we talked a couple weeks about them, but they've been pushing forward in prayer. I, I mean, it is a miracle. We need a miracle in motion sometimes in our life. There's a couple of ways that we can do this with prayer in our life, too, that I like to remember, and that is Consistent prayer and persistent prayer. Consistent prayer is so important. I love reading through the Bible this year and seeing the different characters and people that live before us and how consistent they were in prayer. One of my favorite is Daniel. You know the story of Daniel. He was a brave young man, but he was consistent in prayer. I love it because there came a day when they were changing the laws and they said, you cannot pray to your God anymore. You know what he did? In Daniel 6.10, it says, but when Daniel learned that the law had been signed, he went home and he knelt down as usual. Come on, somebody. And in his upstairs room with the windows open towards Jerusalem, he prayed three times a day, just as he had always done, giving thanks to God. That's some consistent prayer that he didn't care what the government said. He still got down on his knees just as he had always done. Three times a day, he was consistent in his prayer. And God honored Daniel. I want to live a life like that. I want to have a life of favor like that. A life of power and anointing like that. I need to push forward and be consistent in prayer just as you do. You know, there's something so simple that Pastor Rodney and I put together. It's called 21 Days of Prayer Challenge. But actually what it is, and I think we're going to put it up on the screen here where you can just follow the QR code. But it's a 21-day prayer challenge where we break down five Ps out of the Aaron's Priestly Prayer that you can pray over your family every single day. So you can be consistent in your prayer. It is, is the simplest thing to do. But we just have to be consistent at it, right? So every day, not just some days, every day, I encourage you, I implore you to pray over your family. Every day. Not Sundays and Saturdays. I'm, I mean, every day. You with me? Every day. And this is a framework that you can pray for God's protection, God's provision, God's presence, God's power, and God's peace over every person in your family. I call out the name of every person in my family. I say, Father, I pray those five things over Rodney. I pray over my mother. I pray over my grandmother. I pray over Rebecca and Daniel, my oldest. I pray for Ashlyn and Dylan. And I pray for Luke and by the favor of God, his wife. Amen. I'm praying for that girl. I'm praying for her. I encourage you, moms and dads, pray every single day 
over your family. We need the provision of God. We need the protection of God. You know, one of my children might call me up in the, uh, in the afternoon and say, you know, mom and dad, would you pray for us as we're traveling to this next city? I can know, I already prayed for that. I already prayed for your protection, but yes, I'll pray again. I'll pray again. We gotta be consistent in our prayer desperate in our prayer but we also have to be persistent in our prayer paul said there in first thessalonians 5 17 never stop praying in the amplified version it says be unceasing and persistent in your prayer we got to press forward persistent in our prayer philippians 4 6 don't be pulled apart in different directions or worried about a thing how many of us worry the Bible tells us not to worry. Be saturated in prayer throughout each day, offering your faith-filled requests before God with overflowing gratitude. That fuel in the tank, right? It's that overflowing gratitude. Tell him every detail of your life. You know, I think a lot of people think that prayer has to be this very super spiritual thing over here. It is obviously a spiritual thing. But God has put the Holy Spirit inside of us. When we become a believer, when we follow Jesus, when we say, Jesus, you are Lord of my life. Forgive me of my sin. Give me a relationship with you and take me to heaven when I die. When you make that mark in your life, it's no longer about a religion. It is about a relationship. And we have conversations in our relationship. There's no relationship without a conversation. So we got to be persistent in our prayers. It's not this religious thing that we do over here. Grandma's Bible, we don't have to get it out off of the coffee table, this huge massive thing, and open it and start to pray. No, it is a relationship day by day, moment by moment, when the sun rises till the sun sets and you put your head on that pillow. It is a conversation with God. I just want to encourage you in that. Be persistent and consistent in your prayers. It's not a religious duty. It is a relationship with God. It is one of the greatest privileges, greatest gifts that we have in our life as a Christian is prayer. Don't pass it by. Push forward with prayer. So not only do we jumpstart with joy, we push forward with prayer. But lastly, we get going with an attitude. We got to have an attitude of gratitude in our life. That's how we get going. We jumpstart, we push But the way we get going is with an attitude of gratitude. Two ways that we can do that. One is fix your focus. Do you see things with an eternal perspective? Do you have on your glasses that are of eternal divine perspective? How do you see things? Fix your focus. Colossians 3.2, the amplified version says, set your mind and keep focused habitually on the things above and heavenly things, not on things that are on the earth, which only have temporal value to them. Do we see things with eternal value? Those are people. People are the only thing that we're taking to heaven with us. Who are you taking to heaven with you? We got to see things from eternal perspective. It's not the things that we have. 
that we're taking with us. It's the eternal things that we're taking with us. So we need to see life, set your mind, fix your focus. What you focus on expands, right? If we focus on the negative, the negative is going to expand in our life. But if we focus on the good, guess what's going to expand? The good in our life, because what we fix our focus on is what we see. Do we have room to see the goodness of God in our life? Not only do we fix our focus, but we cultivate thankfulness in our life. Colossians 3, 15 through 7 says, and cultivate thankfulness. Let the word of Christ, the message, have full run of the house and give it plenty of room in your life. You have to cultivate it. It's not just something that happens. We have to cultivate it in our life. We have to say it. We have to think it. We have to speak gratitude to have that attitude of gratitude in our hearts and minds. This week, my son blew me away, 22 years old. I I can't say that, that my kids have really done this, but he sent me a voice text, two minutes of a voice text of all the things that he loved about me, that he was grateful for. One of the greatest gifts of my life. I'll treasure that all of my life. How simple was it for him to do that? To pick up the phone and push that little button and to start talking. How simple for us to do that. I wanna encourage you, maybe today, God has laid somebody on your heart that you're you just haven't said it in a while. Why are you thankful for them? We've got to cultivate thankfulness. When he did that, guess what I did? I turned around and thought of somebody that I could do it for, and I sent a voice text to. It's cultivating it is when it grows. What we focus on expands in our life. I just want to encourage you to cultivate this gratefulness, thankfulness in your heart this week. You know, uh, as Thanksgiving comes, there's an interesting story that history tells us of the pilgrims that landed on Plymouth Rock in 1620, and they faced harsh conditions there. They became desperate for food, and Governor William Bradford meant he rationed five grains of corn every day for every person, because when they got better, he didn't want the people to forget what they had gone through. So at every Thanksgiving meal, he had five grains of corn placed at every place setting so that people could remember that they went through and they got through it and could have gratitude. So this Thanksgiving, that I, some things that we have done in our family in the past, at Christmas, I did the little red hots. At Thanksgiving, I did it with candy corn. But I put a little bowl at every place around the Thanksgiving table. And we put five candy corns. And we would go around the table and say thanks for five things that we were thankful for that year that God had blessed us with. So that's just a simple thing that we can do that the founding people, the founding fathers, the pilgrims that came over and paved the way that we could be sitting here today in freedom, they gave thanks and they were reminded at the Thanksgiving table. You know, the word think and the word thank are from the same basic root. I don't know if you can tell I'm saying two different words, think 
and think. I'm from Texas. It's tough to say, tell them, say them differently. But they're from the same basic root. So when we're thankful, we're thinking. We're thinking just beyond the surface, just beyond getting the to-do list done. We're thinking beyond it, and we're thankful. That's the kind of gratitude that puts us in motion. 1 Thessalonians 5.18 says, Always be thankful in all circumstances, for this is God's will for you. Does it say in some circumstances? Or does it say in all circumstances? Does it say in good circumstances? Does it say in uh, when it goes my way circumstances? Uh, does it say when I win, I'll give thanks? No, in all circumstances, give thanks. Do you, know, do you want to know what God's will is for your life? It tells us in that scripture right there. This is God's will for you that you are grateful in all circumstances. Can we do that? Do we want God's will for our life? I know I do. He's telling us to be grateful in all circumstances. When I don't feel good, when I do feel good. When the kids obey, when the kids disobey. When I get the contract, when I don't get the contract. When the door opens, when the door closes, in all circumstances. He says, this is the will of God to give thanks in all circumstances. I love a story that my dad used to tell. He said that he would go to my grandmother's house, his, his mom's house when he was growing up. He could smell when he walked in the door, this chocolate cake was cooking. He knew exactly what it was. It was his favorite thing, German chocolate cake. He could hardly wait. It was in the oven. He could smell it. And he would talk about, you know, I, I, uh, I don't know how to always make something from scratch, but I knew how to make chocolate cake from scratch. In fact, you have to have flour, right? And have you ever tried to taste flour by itself? Kind of sticks to the top of your mouth. You ever get a little flour from something that's not been cooked right? It sticks to the top of your mouth. And it takes... Um, uh, it takes eggs. Who likes to eat eggs raw by themselves? I, I, I know some people do. I know some people are amazing and very healthy, and that's just not me. But uh, it tastes, they taste terrible by themselves, you know. Uh, it takes uh, baking powder, baking soda. Uh, who wants to eat baking soda or baking powder by itself? It takes oil to make chocolate cake. I, I don't enjoy drinking oil. Anybody else? I, I, don't, I don't enjoy that. And my dad would talk about that. You know, it, it's terrible taking all the different things by themselves, trying to eat them by themselves. But it's amazing when you put it all in the bowl and you mix it all together and you put it in the hot oven, you put it in the fire, how it comes out, this beautiful chocolate cake that we all love to enjoy. But all the things by themselves, it was kind of tough. We really don't want to eat them. In fact, like even the chocolate, the cocoa, you don't want to eat the cocoa without sugar by itself. I, I like chocolate bars, but I don't like cocoa by itself, powdered cocoa, it's terrible. But when you mix it all together, you put it in the fire, it comes out chocolate cake. You know, we have a choice in our lives to choose this kind of joy in our lives. Because the Bible tells us in Romans 2, 
excuse me, 8.28. For we're convinced, this is Paul again, we're convinced that every detail of our lives is woven together, it's mixed together to fit into God's perfect plan of bringing good into our lives. For we are the lovers who have been called to fulfill his designed purpose in our life. Can you understand and know and believe with me today that no matter what's going on in your life, as believers in God, devoted to Jesus, He's taken all those singular things, all those circumstances, he's mixing them together. And it might feel that we're going through the fire, but you know what? You know what he's producing? It's chocolate cake, something so good. One of my favorite things, chocolate cake. I have a feeling that maybe God is producing some chocolate cake in your life. Maybe you didn't see it that way. Maybe you weren't grateful for that difficult circumstance that you just walked through, or maybe you're right in the middle of it. Maybe you weren't thankful for that phone call that just sent you over the edge, so angry, so frustrated with the situation that you're walking through. But God says that it's his will that we're thankful in all things because he's working it together if we trust him. He's making chocolate cake. He's making something so good in our life that we can't even imagine. If we'll just jumpstart our day with joy, if we'll push forward in prayer, and if we'll get going with an attitude of gratitude, I promise you, it will change our perspective. And it may be moment by moment, it may be from morning to afternoon, you gotta shift your perspective again. And remember, God is making chocolate cake in my life. It's going to be good. He's working it all together for my good because he is good and only good comes from his hands. So I can trust his hands, whatever he allows into my life, I can trust as I follow after him with all of my heart that he's going to give me good even though it may not look good right now. That's okay. Although I'm walking into a week when I might get frustrated with a family member. It's okay, I can keep it to myself. I can allow the Holy Spirit to keep his fire, his fuel within me, because I can trust that he's gonna work it all out for good in my life. I can trust that God is working it all for good. 1 Thessalonians 5.18 in the Passion Translation says, And in the midst of everything, be always giving thanks, for this is God's perfect plan for you. So be always giving thanks. Not just this week, not just on Thursday, but every day, always giving thanks. This is God's perfect plan and perfect will for our lives so thankful that God set out how we can do this thing, how we can do this thing life, of life. And it hasn't changed. The word of God is true today. It was true yesterday. It was true 2,000 years ago. And it'll be true tomorrow. He is faithful and we can trust him with our life. So let's get going 
Let's get in motion with our gratitude. Let's be a people that stand out and stand up for Jesus because we're a grateful people. Let's pray together. Father, I thank you so much for this day. God, thank you for speaking to me, God, through your word. God, thank you. We love you, Lord. As our heads are bowed and our eyes are closed, maybe today you've really never fully accepted God's gift of salvation in your life, his grace and forgiveness in your life. It's so simple to do. Would, would you just pray these words after me? If, that is, if that's you today, you, maybe you came with a friend or a family member, you're here in town today, and as our heads are bowed and our eyes are closed, all you have to do is pray this simple prayer to have a relationship with Jesus, not just a religion, not just walking in the doors of a church, but a relationship with God. Just pray these simple prayer, this simple prayer after me. Thank you, God, for sending Jesus your son to die for me. Jesus, thank you for dying for my sins. Thank you for dying on the cross so that I could be forgiven and so that I could go to heaven when I die and have a purpose for living here on earth. Jesus, I open my life to you and I give myself completely to you today. celebrating those that have given their life to Christ. And as our heads are bowed and our eyes are closed, maybe today you're just saying, Michelle, let's, would you pray for me as, as I'm walking through something difficult? And maybe you're, you're having the, the best year of your life. Or maybe you're going through a difficult thing because we all, most of us have good and bad going on at the same time. But we just need to be a grateful people. Can we pray together this prayer as we enter into this week that, that we would be a grateful people? The word says that you are my strength and my shield. Thank you for the comfort that gives me because I can often feel weak. Please forgive me for the times when I take your grace for granted and don't live a life of gratitude. I don't want to waste my life I want to make my life count. I want to use the gifts and abilities you've given me to serve you, God. I want to do your will. Please help me to be grateful in good times, in bad times, in difficult times, in encouraging times, and discouraging times. Thank you that you're working it all together and you're mixing it all together for good in my life. Thank you, God, that you are good and I can trust you. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. Well, thanks again for listening. To hear more messages like this one, be sure to subscribe and check out our podcast channel for past episodes. And if you like what you're hearing, it would mean a great deal to us if you would consider rating it and even sharing it with your friends. You can click on the share button, take a screenshot, and share it on your social stories. And be sure to tag us at Rethink Life Church. To learn more about our church, check out RethinkLife.com. Until next time, hey, we love you and believe the best is yet to come in your life.